Welcome to Backlog Dialogues, the podcast where we dig you out of your backlog before it buries you. I'm John, and joining me as always are the Geppetto and Monstro to my Pinocchio. So lonely old man or whale, and I'm not sure which of these would be more sad to be at this point in my life. Hmm. Well, I'm Jared. I'm Matt. Oh, boy. I I don't even have much to say about that co- comment right now. Just, I mean, <laughs> it's... Yep, that's me. Keep being light for everyone. Are you sure you're okay, Dad? No. <laughs> oh, I, I I live in the deep sadness and none can comprehend, but I hide it through comedy. <laughs> Are you sure you're okay today, Jared? You want to talk about it? You want to rap about it? Oh, no, no, that that's since oh, that's since some things I remember from my middle school days do I actually want to be deliberately rapping. Oh, no, <laughs> maybe pokey rap. <laughs> not not that. So today we're checking in with some old friends, even if they don't recognize us. This is a weird dream world. Is this an opportunity to really talk about Pinocchio? I feel like we didn't get a chance with uh, with Monstro back in Kingdom Hearts one. Oh, I mean, Pinocchio's weird. Oh, yeah. Every time I, I I know Pinocchio's story reasonably well, but every time I go back and look at it, I learn something new and weirder about the story, about the design. Mm-hmm, like yeah. Jiminy Cricket exists as is because they got whittled down from the a design that was actually like a cricket to what I believe one of the original animators called a weird little man with a big head. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then yeah, he this, just and then he just became he a breakout of- character during the original book. He gets smushed. Oh, dear. <laughs> this world actually uses the Pinocchio story rather than using just Monstro as an excuse to have the characters there. So we have a much yeah. better opportunity to actually talk about how fucked up Pinocchio is. Yeah. And at least it's not a shitty chaos maze this time, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just Pinocchio literally turns morality play in its second act. And no one ever talks about well, and it's weird puritanical morality, isn't it? Literally, it, it's almost like a pun. Like boys that gamble and smoke all day turn into asses. It seems to be it's like it's like a 30s or 40s bad pun. Well, trying to be sincere there. And you mm-hmm. have also just the whole thing about, you know, if you lie, your nose will grow. That that whole thing is it makes it a morality pay, play right from the start. But it's still like it gets more and more extreme. I wonder if we're ever going to get a Dumbo world. That would be really strange. Of oh, course. I feel like it would have to be a sleeping world, wouldn't it? Yeah. I still don't think we have a good definition of what a sleeping world is. We've discussed good this. Point. It still makes no sense. Good point. Also, I really don't want to do a Dumbo world because that would mean we'd have to do the racist crows. Oh, for sure. Well, not, the crows themselves are not racist. The, the way they're depicted is racist. <laughs> yes. And the way they're named and the way certain elements are part of it. It's just... Yeah, is really weird. (laughs) Yeah, let's just go to Prankster's Paradise, shall we? I have in my notes. We've been spending most our lives living in a Prankster's Paradise. Honestly, yeah, I feel bad now. I know we started planning this before the unfortunate passing, Coolio, but even then it felt off to me because I just don't. I think I'm too. I'm too white to make that joke. Valid. All too white. (laughs) I'm. We're all too white. I'm just one who's the most cringe and who's able to do it. I'm cringe, but I am free. <laughs> yes, I I just am amused that they called it Prankster's Paradise. I'm sure like yeah. a million people have made that joke and like there's probably a dozen YouTube videos. Oh, sure. Relaying it. But yeah. But this is our podcast and we can make the joke however we want. Yes. The Diamond to us has us collect balloons. And that's it. Nothing special about it. 
Just a dive and no, collecting balloons. No boss, fortunately. No boss. No boss, fortunately. When Sora lands, he's instantly on board with the world because it's a whole ass amusement park. Sora just is incredibly distractible. Mm hmm. Well, I mean, put a kid in a in an amusement park that is more or less empty, but running. Yeah, I think every kid would be pretty excitable. I mean, Sora just was roller coaster rail grinded his way through a post office a couple a couple hours ago. Yeah, this is definitely looking like a place where you have some fun with the sparkle parkour. Right at the beginning, Sora sees Jiminy kvetching about Pinocchio running off. He tries to communicate with the cricket, despite the fact that he really should know better than to acknowledge Jiminy Cricket. Like things never go well if that happens. Yep. Much to our surprise, Jiminy doesn't recognize Sora and both of them are confused. Shouldn't he be in Sora's pocket anyway? Not right now. I mean, I don't, I, um, I, if Sora dreams, does Jiminy come with? Hmm. I mean, we're not filling in Jiminy's journal right now. We're just filling in a journal. It's Sora's dream journal. OK. OK, yeah. Yeah, it's, Today, we're just filling in a journal betw between Sora and Riku together at the same time. Dreamed about religious fanaticism and also the Internet. Let's chill up what the symbols mean later. OK, so let's. Let's assume for a moment that this is kind of like Inception and someone is waiting outside the dream. Is Jiminy outside the dream recording stuff in a journal? Probably. So, oh, yeah. God, Sora mumbles <laughs> to himself. Monkey fight. What? The hockey what? monkey. Oh, that. Lord A. <laughs> <laughs> and Jiminy's just writing his all down. It's just word salad. Yep. <laughs> So Jiminy does somehow think that Sora's name is a little bit familiar, though. And then we get a Yen Sid flashback, When World's Dream. Which is mostly Yen Sid monologuing. Take it away, Jared. In the sleeping worlds, real time does not flow. Unless one restores the world by waking it from its slumber, it will stay locked in a dream forever. Thus, you may encounter familiar faces, but they are just figments of the dream. In actuality... They are sound asleep, trapped within a world that is also sleeping. What's more, whilst someone may no longer dwell in the real version of a world, dreams may paint a fuller picture and restore what seems to be missing. Sora so pieces together that Jiminy is being put back to where he belongs in this world and decides to just treat Jiminy like a bro. Yep. I kind of like this whole this whole thing where, you know, the sleeping worlds kind of show a snapshot of the world as it appeared before Kingdom Hearts messed everything up. I think that's probably a good way to think about it, actually, is like if you think about time as just sort of like a progression through moments, every moment that goes past becomes sleeping. Oh, God. <laughs> what? It's the Langoliers. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a Stephen King short st story about buzzsaw tooth testicles eating the past one moment at a time, I'm a fan so, of King, and that one's insane. So what you're saying is Dream Eaters are actually Langoliers. Oh, God, no. Do we really need Balky for Perfect Strangers going at a crazy scream-off? <laughs> so, wow, anyway. I, could I be more of a child of the 80s remembering shit like this? I don't know. Could you? I'm still just completely amused that Yen Sid in this game is just a, you know, living lore dump. Well, now he's an excuse machine. You'll yeah. see people you met, even though they're definitely not there. Deal yep. with it. I have in my notes, Jiminy explains that this cool seeming theme park is awful because Pinocchio is written by prudes who think having fun is a sin. The thing is, I'm pretty sure the book is warped as fuck. <laughs> oh, I've, I've heard it's very, very warped. Yes. 
you know what? I'm not even going to check into it. It's still a chilled kid's book, but we're talking things like, well, I found this donkey. I better skin it alive and make a drop. Oh, fish ate skin. Now it's a puppet. Holy shit. What? <laughs> yeah. It was just, I literally, it's like, um, he, Spinocchio meets a snake. He falls over. The snake laughs so hard. It has a brain aneurysm. What? <laughs> This is just me pulling off Wikipedia, by the way. I don't know much about the original book. Some stuff is, I don't know. The, the funny thing is that when I was a kid, I didn't really understand this whole idea of some people seem to think fun itself is evil. So when I was a kid, I kind of got the impression that, oh, the kids must be doing something like really bad in Prankster's Paradise, enabled by the fact that there's no adults or something. Well, like it's not that. called Prankster's like, well, yeah, Paradise it, in the movie, right? It's, yeah. it's Pleasure Island, which yeah, kind of has Island. a much weirder connotation. Yeah, I, I don't blame like, them. I don't blame like, the change in name. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they must have like in when I saw it when I was very young, I kind of felt like, oh, they must be doing something bad there. They must be doing adult things or doing drugs or something like that. Well, I, well, I mean, I've, I've showed you this before. They were brought there by Satan. Yeah. I've shown you. They do you cigars the there. They do cigars yeah. there, don't they, in the movie? Yeah. I said, I, I remember. Yes, very much so. Like the one the Lampwick, his friend is very is smoking clearly during probably one of the more horrifying transformation scenes you expect from a uh, cartoon in the 40s. I've shown you in an earlier recording, even, I think, how the coachman goes from kind of round, creepy looking guy to horrifying red skinned demon in like yeah. shots. Yeah. So it's very much just like and he's hiring a couple of small town thugs to traffic these children to his island for him. Oh, geez. <laughs> that you boys want to make some real money. And yes, that's actually the line, more or less. Uh oh. <laughs> So Pinocchio is lost in the park and we end up uh, having to save him from having a nice time. And we get a yep. flashback yep. about Pinocchio's life. And like, it doesn't really have anything to do with actually going on. But unlike some of these other story during flashbacks, this one actually does bring a black cloak into it. So I guess something's happening. Yeah. Pinocchio brings up seeing a guy in a black cloak telling him to play a trick on Sora, which is not a lie because his nose doesn't grow. And then we're back to the Pinocchio plot with the blue fairy showing up. It's nice the blue fairy actually bothered to appear this time around. True. Yeah. As character, opposed to what, what happened in the previous Kingdom Hearts games where it was yeah. just like Riku doing weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> I never really understood the blue fairy because it seemed kind of like the, you know, oh, this is supposed to be a punishment. But then the blue fairy shows up and Pinocchio says he's really sorry and she fixes him, I guess. I, I, I don't understand. Well, she's just very much the 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 embodiment of whatever wish Geppetto made, and just it also is also part of the whole teach teach the horrible selfish puppet morality. Is it really a horrible selfish puppet, though? I, I continue to come back to this is a very weird morality play that is pushing a very specific set of moral values that might not necessarily be correct. I mean, yeah, like I said we go back to Richard Book. Pinocchio murders his conscience. I'm pretty sure he's. He wrecks stuff regularly and is just kind of a very angry little kid for. Yeah. OK, but we're talking about the Disney version of this where he's just kind of stupid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Disney Pinocchio always just kind of struck me as kind of kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah just and, and like most of what he does that that's bad just seems to be the kind of like, you know, minor acting out sort of things and, right. and also lying about it a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, the reality shift to this world is Bubble Burst, which lets you stuff monsters into a bubble and ride them around stuffing more enemies into the bubble. Because you always need Bubble Bobble and Katamari Thomas. You need a mix. We'll come back to that. 
<laughs> Let's explore this fun theme park. It's a fucking huge floating playground. Hope I don't die and lose all my progress. Doof. <laughs> this one actually got on my nerves a little because it's a little bit too much. Oops, you fell the bomb. Start over. Yeah. Um, and also the mo- the dream eaters here are actually relatively difficult. So, you know, f- dying and losing all your progress is actually a real possibility. There's so much in this one huge area going on. Uh, there's multiple like rides that you can uh, flow motion around on. I have in my notes the absolute mad lad level designers put two chests in the Ferris wheel cars because they hate me. Like, I mean, you're chasing down, you're chasing down in like each little task. You have to find a fake Pinocchio, which turns to a horrible clown ghost. Yes, it just I definitely felt a sense of fatigue with the just wandering around in this world. It yeah, yeah. Was, was there wasn't really that many really, really good landmarks for things like, yes, there's the rides, but there there's a lot of like platforming and stuff to do around the rides that are a little bit confusing about where to enter them and stuff like that. There's a lot of somewhat punishing verticality where, like I said, if you fall down, you're stuck. Yeah, and this is definitely one of those cases where Dream Drop Distance can really fuck you over with his level design. If you're playing on critical mode, don't play it on critical mode just because the areas are so large and death might send you all the way back to the start of it and lose every single thing that you got, including your treasure chests. Yeah, it's not great. We have Dream Eaters who are playing tricks on Sora by disguising themselves as Pinocchio, presumably to give the real Pinocchio time to wander off and get in more trouble. Yeah, after enough times catching up to the fake Pinocchios and then being dream eaters, Jiminy is jaded and as, as any good conscience would be after a few failures, but the next Pinocchio we find is the real one. Yay. Yeah, after the theme park, we can either go into the circus or out on the promontory. There's nothing to do on the promontory yet, but I did find the next instance of Lord Kairu there, so you can do that if you've been uh, chasing it down. I just waited too late and then just kind of fought him in two... In two rather direct sequences. And then I decided I did not have the energy to, to find the, the the pieces for the recipe game. So the whole thing was pointless. Yes, and it is. If you are not trying to do completion, it is kind of pointless to fight Lord Kairu, unfortunately. Yes. And so you end up going into a tunnel that leads you to the circus, the circus of nightmares. No, not values. Fuck off, Bioshock. You're not a good game. I actually like this area, though. It's, oh, yeah. it's not... It's kind of unique. It's sometimes a little bit annoying because... You might not be that used to doing aerial combat that much, but Mm -hmm. it's a cool excuse to lean on aerial combat for a whole area. Yeah, and there's a big old trampoline room. Once you beat all the nightmares in it, you get a high jump, which is appropriate. Now you can be Puma Man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And now Pinocchio has donkey ears for some reason. Yep. Yep. Just like Midas. What? Oh, so... Just testing to see if anyone pays as much attention to these to the lesser known parts of Greek mythology, in which after Gold Touch, Mice gets stuck with donkey ears. That's funny. I didn't know wow. that one. Okay. So he was wears a big pointy cap. As one server cuts his hair, can't tell anyone. So he whispers it into a river. Then the reeds tell it. Sometimes myths get really into the uh, strange pastoral stories. Ever notice? Yes. I mean. If you think about the myths as like these old comic books, it's just kind of like a new person comes along and is like, and now I'm going to write a side story about Midas with donkey ears. <laughs> That's pretty much how it works, because, you know, a lot of these were told by essentially traveling storytellers who. Mm-hmm. And they needed a new idea to entertain the kids because the old one wasn't doing it anymore. Yep. And now that I made up the, off the top of my head. <laughs> the popular mm-hmm. ones just stuck around, basically. Yep. Most likely, yeah. After the fight, Crypto Hoodie shows up with Zemnis to in tow to mock Sora again. We got completely different bullshit to talk about. Hi. Yep. Yeah. Let's do a scene. 
You again? Xemnas, this is impossible! My, my. A hollow puppet that's managed to grow a heart. Just imagine that. Pinocchio isn't anything like you, nobodies. But if Pinocchio could be given one, shouldn't you be able to have a heart inside you, too? <laughs> Maybe so. However, do not forget that you yourself are not so very different from us. How am I anything like a nobody? That doesn't make any sense. Can I just say, it's weird that although this is a higher uh, combat level than the grid, it it almost seems like this scene should have happened first because he's surprised to see them this this time. Yeah. Oh, also in the journal, Prince of Paradise Bros. before the grid. So Interesting there. I have no idea what happened there. It's Not to mention, in its sort of always moving up world map, Prince of Paradise is above the other two. Like, the first two are kind of on the ground, like are on the bottom of the circle right in front of you. And then Prince's Paradise, you have to go past either to to it. So it really does feel like it should be third because of that. Mm hmm. Um, but apparently, uh, yeah, this is an odd thing. Let's go catch up with the puppet and cricket. Also, just kind of like that. Crypto Hoodie couldn't even bother the talk. He just like yeah. drops off Zemnis and wanders off. Yep. <laughs> Yep. I'm here, I'm here to deliver some pontification, but I'm outsourcing. Yeah, this is this is also kind of like a weird one because Zemnis, this one is actually probably the least thoughtful of Zemnis's monologues because he's just kind of like pulls a no you on Sora and leaves. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we catch up to the puppet and the cricket. Yeah, our path takes us out of the circus and Sora meets with the blue fairy and the blue fairy tells us that the plot of Pinocchio is going on. <laughs> and Sora's like. Huh? I wasn't there for any of that. <laughs> we find out that somehow Geppetto got eaten by Monstro. That gives us a flashback of Pinocchio and Jiminy working up the nerve to go after Monstro. We go into the fucking ocean and we're just walking on the ground rather than like swimming or singing. They won't figure out swimming controls into Kingdom Hearts 3. It's fine to not have them here. They, they just gave Sora the iron boots. Basically, yeah. Or it's because it's a dream. You can always walk on the bottom of the ocean in a dream without needing to like breathe or anything. And we catch up with Jiminy and Pinocchio. They're being charged at by a whale. And that means that this it's time for Sora to fight the worst level from Kingdom Hearts 1. Just kidding. It's a crab nightmare that shows up to freeze Monstro and ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's because in a dream, things shit like this happens. Yes. We get ice crabs. So anyway, Sora. I'll have to claw my way past, then rescue my friends. Stop beating us to the crab joke, Sora. Insert crab rave dot gif here. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but it wasn't a crab. It was a chill clobster. Chill clobster. Chill clobster. Yeah, it's technically a lobster, not a crab, but fuck it. Crabrave.gif. Best gif on the internet. <laughs> I can't really do the B-52s guy voice very well. I'm sorry. You sounded like Goofy. Do it in a more Goofy voice. But it wasn't a crab. It was a chill clobster. Yup. Thank you. Joe <laughs> <New> Lobster. <laughs> yep. we play, oh, no, we play a new game. It's 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 the it's the Goof 52. Oh, no. Oh, God. 15 miles to the love shack. I can't do a goofy Bible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So for a change, Sora gets to have the fun Kingdom Heartsy boss fight instead of Riku. Like, I actually had a really good time with this fight on Critical Mode for some reason. It's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of like weird movement things that are specific to this fight going on. It's a lot more platformery, which is one of the things that I liked about it. Like, it felt like 
a good chase fight, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, this one's pretty good, though. The whole thing still just feels really weird. Well, let's get to the weird part. Oh, good. That's always a good thing. So there's a submission in the fight where you have to break the ice to free Monstro. Once you do, you get to use the aforementioned reality shift to put Monstro in a bubble and Katamari up the crab. Yeah, that's just full size, by the way, just sort of floating there. I don't even think he spins in it, but it's just you're just riding through the ocean on your whale. Yep, it's Monstro in like a big old marble, basically. All right, Katamari Kujira, if you will. Yep. Oof. Let's be honest, though. This is one of the best fights in Kingdom Hearts ever. Just oh, yeah. because of this moment. This like the moment, the moment I this happened, like my I just had the biggest smile on my face. It was so much fun to see it happen. It's so good. <laughs> it was it was definitely a very weird thing. I don't think I would have come up with it if if I were trying to design this kind of fight. <laughs> the music for the fight is Ice Hot Lobster. It's not particularly notable in the way previous boss fights were, but it is bombastic and happy and it fits the mood of getting to Katamari with a giant whale. Yeah, it kind of has that happy orchestral thing going and upbeat. Mm-hmm. I just remember I was talking with you on chat while playing this part of Up Distance, and I actually couldn't say anything. I just screenshot and said you just got, like, explained. What? 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 To you, John. I was just saying, like, what happened there? I, I actually couldn't even react sensibly to it. I just sent you. <laughs> I was imagining Riku seeing that. I was like, Sora, what the fuck are you doing over there? Was, <laughs> and your choke was, you know, it may not be perfect, but you could kind of marry a crab with a whale. And that's as close to perfect as the game gets. Yes. <laughs> and finally, when you end up damaging the ice, the chill lobster enough, Monstro well, just eats it. Well, that, pull, pull it's the, literally oh. when you catch it with the Katamari, Monstro yeah. eats the crab and sneezes. Yes. Uh, he pulls a Typhon to end yep. the fight. <laughs> yep. Sends Sora flying. He lands on a beach. Sora gets up, looks around, worries about his friends, then kind of gets an idea of what happened and realizes that this is how Pinocchio ended up in Traverse Town. Apparently, no, that comes up later where, where people appear in Travis Town was talked about. Right. Uh, we already know it, that that basically yeah. if if a, if somebody if somebody's world is destroyed, sometimes they will show up as basically as cosmic flotsam and jetsam in Traverse Town. So let me be clear, though. That means that technically because a giant whale cosmaried up a crab, that's how it's. Is uh, Pinocchio ended up in Traverse Town? Really, Sora? Really? <laughs> well, it's all a dream, so maybe it's not completely accurate. Yeah, and that's good dream logic, I think. I mean, Sora has this one little realization. I'm in the dream. Pinocchio's world is dreaming, and that world will never be right again until it wakes from sleep. <laughs> which causes a sleeping co- keyhole to appear, and Sora opens it, which gives us the Ferris Gear Keyblade. Yay, I, I had a realization. I had an epiphany that only applies to this world. Yep. And I'm probably going to forget it. Yep. <laughs> you always forget things when you wake up from the dream. You're right. Yeah, that's that makes my dreams that are usually one half anxiety, one half like my brain trying to pitch weird stories made up of all the random things I read and watch. Very confusing. I remember the smallest parts. Oh, no. <laughs> Next, let's drop on over to Prankster's Paradise Riku's side. Splish. I have in my notes, I smell darkness once or twice living in a prankster's paradise. And I realize because my primary exposure to that song is the Weird Al parody and not the actual song because I was a white nerd in the 90s. (laughs) I don't know how I was relatively exposed to the original song first, but I know I was. I love the Weird Al one more. Yeah, but all I know is 
I would not have come up with that particular wording if it wasn't for Word Al. So that's what ended up in my notes. <laughs> Thanks, Word Al. Well, so Riku's dive is a point rush. Reason had his giant hands doing cat's cradles for some reason. It's weird and wild. Master Hand gets a cameo appearance here. Lots of Master Hands get a cameo appearance here. <laughs> Riku shows up in a familiar hell, which is the inside of Monstro. Oh, no. I have in my notes. Wait, are we really doing Monstro again? Why are we doing Monstro again? Where's the theme park? Riku is too, too cool for the theme park. It's too kiddie. He needs to be walking the edge between light and darkness. He can't go to have fun and light. He needs to I, walk in the middle of the darkness of the whale instead. Well, theme parks don't open by dawn, and I, so I, that's the path I'm walking. Oh, no. So whales do open by dawn? What? When does a whale close? I don't think a whale closes. I think technically Monstro is closed because we can't get out through the mouth. <laughs> anyway. I, we've definitely started to make less sense at this moment. Yes, we have. I'm leaving all this in. This rocks. <laughs> Well, Riku recognizes that old guy he once screwed over by kidnapping his son. Yeah, yeah. And he decides to talk to him, naturally. Uh, Riku's mostly going up things. He won't remember me, so I can just, you know, yeah. ig- ignore that uncomfortableness. Water under the bridge isn't the right term, but the mood is the same. <laughs> and Riku learns that Pinocchio has gone missing, and he remembers the time he tried to steal Pinocchio's heart. It'll be really annoying if I see myself in here, he's thinking. This side of the story is just going over the darkest part of Riku's story from Kingdom Hearts 1. This is actually kind of Riku being on track because this is what he's supposed to be doing that he wanted to do at the very start of the game. He's confronting his own darkness to confirm that he is actually capable of being the Keyblade wielder that he needs to be. And just like in the grid, he's once again like you're actually getting to see him have time, have focus to actually show he's absorbed his lessons and what mm-hmm. he's realized and like what it, what it's what's changed in him. Yeah, Riku seemingly decides that this is a good opportunity to confront his own darkness and goes off to look for Pinocchio. Then Jiminy shows up and Riku recognizes them. Wait, have those two ever interacted on screen before? Hell, like this isn't my notes. Well, Jiminy says, but shucks, have we met? Who do we have who was doing Jiminy's voice? I forget. But, it was, but shucks, have we met? Yeah, there's mostly Jared, I think. And, th- and like, wait, have they met? Has Riku ever acknowledged Jiminy? What the Not fuck is screen. going on? Not on Not screen. On screen. So I was like, so then the cricket wrote a book about me as he was like, I'm kind of glad in some ways that I didn't have your start the journey. So it seems like you did the silly stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, can you imagine if Riku went on the full journey of the hero, of the Keyblade in Kingdom Hearts one? How different that would feel. <laughs> Donald's <laughs> like, Donald's like all smiles, no sad faces. And Riku just death glares him down. R- R- Riku, Riku's lines would be a lot like Squall's. It would just be whatever. whatever. <laughs> so Riku figures out the sleeping world shit faster than Sora does. Learns that Pinocchio was lured away by a cloak guy. Because. Just because. Yep. Yep. Because Pinocchio so, will always follow a weird guy, yep. I guess. So Riku gets ready to go, and Jiminy is his companion for this world. Pinocchio's going to need his conscience, and that's where I come in. I'm just imagining Riku going at that line. Wait, are consciences small insects? Maybe it's just Idris Elba's performance of Knuckles that makes me think that way. <laughs> Riku is the Knuckles of Kingdom Hearts. He really I is. I see the movie version, so I just kind of know just the generalized bits of him. He's just oh, there are stairs. <laughs> no, he's amazing. Literally, like it is. But it's more, less of a dick and more like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Very literal and kind of a dip, but not a dick. 
<laughs> it's a very good like, performance. I'm really looking yeah. forward to Sonic the Hedgehog 3. That makes a reasonable amount of sense. Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles? Uh, Knuckles is already in Sonic 2, so... <laughs> Sonic 3 is probably going to have Shadow and Big the Cat. Gotcha. They're just bringing in all the animal friends, I hope. Is, is that Amy around already? Not yet. It's just Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles so far. Gotcha. They might have killed off Robotnik, which makes me sad because Jim Carrey is very good in that role. Anyway, that's enough Sonic. Yes. We're talking about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so uh, Monstro's stomach is actually not a chaos maze this time, fortunately, which is great. But still a psychedelic hellscape. Yeah, but it's a flow motion playground rather than a chaos maze. And it's kind of fun this time. The big thing about this level design is that there are these, what do you want to call them, uvulas or what have you, that you can hit and they flip the level upside down. That's all they do. It's a basically two levels in one because you can have either the ceiling or the floor being your active thing. I call them cysts. Cysts? Ew. Ew. <laughs> System <where> hearts <laughs> is pus. <laughs> Gross. Thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, absolutely I've, not. Unacceptable. I, I have broken that. Yes, you made me laugh hard enough to cough. So anyway, but yeah, this is just generally horrible, isn't it? Yes. At least it's not. Um, OK, let, let me put it this way. As far as horrible words go, do not ever web search the word carbuncle without the word without Final Fantasy in the search term. Good call. Good call. <laughs> Yeah, I'm painfully aware of that, though not through Excel searching, just awareness of the word. <laughs> yes. Eventually, Rico and Jiminy catch up to the cloak guy who has his hood concealing his face, so we have no clue who it is. And the cloak guy lets Pinocchio go and reunite with Jiminy. See, we resolve the plot without conflict. But then Riku demands answers and cloak takes off his hood to reveal this is the last episode of The Prisoner. <laughs> what? Don't know that reference. Uh, uh, just a rather infamous uh, psychedelic British sci-fi in which number one was actually also the hero in an inexplicable final scene. Oh, okay. it's, it's Riku. Yeah. <laughs> Riku. Yep. Is it time for Jared to talk to himself for a bit? Oh, it's always time for that. Yep. I guess I'll be Pinocchio, though. <laughs> yep. So to start off this little scene, uh, the the cloaked Riku smirks and just vanishes through a poo gas portal without saying a word. As I live and breathe, that was my dark side. I gave in to the darkness once, and ever since, it's chased me around in one form or another. The seeker of darkness has stolen my body, a puppet replica of the shadows in my hearts. And now, I'm facing me, your dark side. Gee, Riku, don't you have a Jiminy like I do? He's my conscience. He taught me all kinds of important stuff. Maybe you just need somebody to show you what's right and wrong. Sure. You can't shoulder all your problems alone, you know. You must have somebody, a friend you could talk to. Yeah, actually, I do. That stupid grin he's always wearing. He's the best teacher I could ever have. Gee whiz, I wish I had lots of good friends. You will, Pinocchio. More than you can count. Boy, my and Pinocchio sounds a lot like my Sora. And <laughs> <Yep. laughs> like, oh, no, more Soras. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually really like this scene because it's another one of those like it's a small one, but it's it's Riku showing his character growth because oh, yeah. before this whole thing, Riku would not have been able to say that last line of actually, I do have the teacher. I do have a conscience. It's Sora. <laughs> yep. I, I kind of feel like 
there's a lot of character growth glurge for Riku specifically in. Now, when you say glurge, I kind of feel like that's a negative term. It kind of is. I feel like I feel like Matt, like it's kind of, you kind of have a different viewpoints on this. I know uh, me and or John occasionally have. You seem to be a little bit more, I guess, overloaded or easily on it. If I, I joke. I joke about it a little bit because I think I used to be the guy who hated Cloud when I was young, when I first played Final Fantasy seven, specifically because I was the guy who was I was the kid who was like, well, just buck up cloud, you know, uh, suck it up. There's no, there's no reason you have to, you know, disappear from the party and be, be like this and, and, and do all that stuff that makes, makes it. Yeah. Yeah. Cloud, get over that, get over that horrible poisoning that's destroyed your body. Suck it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, (laughs) that's a wild misreading. (laughs) I, and well, I feel, I definitely, but you're a kid. So yeah, I know I misread cloud to some degree when I was, when I was a teen, I can't say the full amount, but yeah, I, I'm just saying that basically when I was when I was young, I was that that guy who hated all of those those kind of characters who who were kind of damaged from being angsty. And I, I thought that was a dumb character element. I, I was too cool for the whole positive character development, being kind and empathetic thing. Mm. Uh, f- and this was a short phase for me, but I definitely had it. And I think it kind of uh, I, I think I kind of have a little bit of guilt over having had that. Mm. So when I say something is glurge in this way, it, I it's not that it's bad. I actually like it, but I'm kind of sensitive to that being overloaded on that and s- suddenly realizing, oh, my old self would have disliked this. OK, and, and OK. Now, mm. I been a, now I'm so glur- with it. So glurge is cringe that nowadays you would say is good, but in the past you would say is bad. Got it. At least that's the way I sometimes use it. Okay, I have a harder time describing my changing views as I got older because I know I have them, but I don't think I could say as simply as some things were were too awkward to me. Because also I was more easily bored when I was younger. My ADD was way more out of control, so I was a lot more surface level a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. mm. anyway, after that scene, we get the Chain of Memories Chronicle, which which seems to imply that Cloakku is Repliku. Too many coups, too many coups. Yeah, we're we're we already have too many swords, and now we've got too many Rikus to keep track of, and too and many Xehanorts. Do we know that yet? I mean, right I mean now we know we, about four. We know about we know about four. Yes, well, three, uh, and one that Master is clearly Master and Terra Master and Terra Those are two. You're right. <laughs> we don't know if he's here. Either them are here today, but true, true. Ansem and Xemnas are separate from Terra This is true. So this is actually an interesting uh, thing that happens afterwards because it kind of shows that the idea or the concept that dream eaters are kind of uh, they seem to exist in both sides of the world Mm -hmm. at once because we end up at the terminus of our whale adventure and it is an arena for fighting the char clobster, which seems to be the same being as the chill clobster, but it's inside and somehow changed. Insert another crap rave dot gif. The, the war goyal, the haka monkey, it, they feels like they clearly travel between universes. And I, I've you, you know, I've ranted before about how I feel like this really should be part of the story more about how these worlds are connected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they just kind of make it these vague stuff. Yeah, it seems that Dream Eater specifically exists a little bit in both of the worlds. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Sora and Riku cannot cross them over. 
Yeah, later, I, I just, that's the spoiler. Later, there's a dream or spe- nightmare specifically called out as one that travels between worlds. So yep. then I get really confused. So anyway, uh, this is a fun fight. It has some chase fight bullshit where you have to be on the same plane as him. But you know what helps close that gap? Ghost Drive Link. So uh, actually, I just finished editing these episodes today, but we were talking about Aqua getting Ghost Drive as one of her better form changes in Earth by Sleep. And I kept alluding to the fact that it comes up and is even better on Riku. This is why. I'm not sure I managed to find a Ghost Drive Link because I was so huh. interested after while getting Spirit, so I might not have run into it. OK, yeah, um, I forget what spirits I had that put them together. So Ghost Drive uh, lets you teleport directly to the boss and just keep on attacking. Wish I had that. Yeah, it gets around all the chase fight bullshit. Because basically he's in this big lozenge shaped boss arena. And every time he flips, it, he runs to the other side. and It's pretty long. So, yep. yeah. So you have to basically uh, hit the, the the cyst or the ganglia or whatever the hell it is and go over to the, the side that the 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 crab is on and then chase it down to the other side while it does a gauntlet of projectiles at you. Yep. I really didn't expect this episode to be many gross things for body uh, warts and parts, but we're seeing the beginning there. <laughs> yep. Uh, so eventually we hit the crab lobster's weak point for massive damage and send it off to the great crab rave in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go give Geppetto his son back, his son yep. slash puppet. Geppetto is stoked. Riku considers that he was sent into the past, not just on Destiny Islands, but this world, too. And with that thought, a sleeping keyhole appears and Riku does not get the same keyblade as Sora this time. He gets Ocean's Rage. At this point, this whole thing is getting very quantum leap. They must realize their lesson. Hope that each leap is a leap to the next dream. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. After both Sora and Riku finish this next world, we get another scene with Goofy and Donald worrying about Sora. And I guess... I okay. I know Dana. Do, do the Ducktales. Do the Ducktales. Donald voice. The John Cheadle thing. The John Cheadle oh, one. God. Oh, the Bark. The Barksian translator, which is great. Yes. That's Carl Barks we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> Gee, I hope Sora's okay. He'll be just fine as long as Riku's with him. You don't think? No, Master Yen said. That bird flies in. Look, it's a raven. It lands at death holding a scroll and holds something shined up. That raven is Maleficent's. What's it got? Why, that's Minnie's. The crown falls. <laughs> the bird is carrying a crown, apparently. And it's also carrying a scroll. Well. <gasps> Gorsh, what's it say? It's from Maleficent. She's kidnapped Minnie. She, she took, took Queen Minnie. Minnie. The letter says for me to return to Disney Castle. Or else. Mickey, there is no time to waste. Okay, you fellas stay here. King King Mickey, Mickey, we're we're going going with with you. Gosh, I guess you're right, pals. We friends should stick together. Master Jensen, we'll be back. As I fly away. Hmm. The timing is too perfect, too calculated. Maleficent must sense a change in the forces of darkness. A change like Xehanort. Oh, boy, the villains are way ahead of everything, huh? <laughs> well, I'm still not convinced that yet Sid's general quality, keeping up with things on his own, so... Mm, good point. <laughs> he He's the best yeah. we got, though. Yeah. But none of that's all that important. Traverse Town is glowing, so we should go there next week. Yay. Nope. <sighs> Do we have anything else we want to say before we close out? Ah. 
I don't think there's too much else to say. Unfortunately, this world is interesting in some ways, but the it, I, I guess they they didn't get too ambitious with Pinocchio. Well, now, they didn't really want it. It's clear, other than finally adding the blue fairy, they didn't, weren't really all that interested in adding extra characters. Like, we're going to get Honest John as friend. You weren't going to get uh, the coachman, Stromboli, yeah. any of those characters, Lampwick. They still have, like... They still have some limitations for who they're able to put in the game to tell the story. Kind of the conceit of the Sleeping Worlds makes it so that it kind of makes sense a bit more than previous games, at least. I mean, later on in this game, don't we get Satan as a character? Well, well, we'll talk that, about that. Yeah, that's based on which on which version you're reading to, for something. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, that's not uh, important. Traverse Town is glowing, as I said. Anyway, until next time, I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Jared. And remember, a good story is best enjoyed with friends. Thank you for listening to Backlog Dialogues. If you're enjoying our deep dives and discussions, be sure to leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choice. If you're really enjoying our deep dives and discussions, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash backlogdialogues. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can find our archives at backlogdialogues.com. Special thanks to Eli for our theme song. Kingdom Hearts and all associated trademarks are the property of Disney and Square Enix. Please support the official release. Gosh, there's way too many games coming up. Uh, I've started playing Harvestella. I've started playing Tactics Over Reborn. I'm going to be playing Pokemon next week. Team Sprintito. They will get Pokemon uh, going forward, I'm thinking. Um, uh, I was Team Fue Coco, and then I saw Sprigatito's final Evo, and now I'm t- Team Sprigatito. Yep, same for me. I'm trying to decide, do I get the... Do I go with the Donald for completeness of people I know, or do I still go with the fire dog, because it's great? It's not a dog, it's a crocodile. It's a happy little dog that turns into a crocodile. It's always a crocodile. Yeah, you see things your way, I see things mine. But that has that has good boy face, so it's also a dog. What a okay, weird dog! What do you say? What do you, what do you say? You didn't expect dog. <laughs> uh, why is it always dog? Yes. Mm-hmm. Beware of dog. Dog is actually a crustacean across the lake and sniping you. Yes. Everything uh, is a dog, though. That's that's is how. Is there it works. extra joke I'm not getting here? Or it's Elden it's Ring. An Elden Ring. Yeah. Oh. As a last step, I'll say if you go into the if you go into the history of of lost stories and plays, it's fascinating. But that's a completely different discussion of what sticks and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, we actually, me and John actually had a pretty interesting discussion after he lent me the his copy of the Nag Hammadi Library, and mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to look at the there. There's a lot of history there with basically lost stories that were finally we finally found an instance of in the Nag mm-hmm. Hammadi library where we yep. only really knew about them through basically the writings of heresiologists who were saying terrible things about them. Yep. And then you actually read them, you're like, this is actually really good stuff. Why is it heresy? Oh, because it actually preaches uh like liberation for women and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> this took a path I actually didn't expect. <laughs> yeah.
Oh, God. What? <laughs> I almost went, no, you're the puppet. I just remember who actually said that. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he <laughs> died badly. Hmm? Damn it, you don't know that? No. Uh, there was a, a shit post that was about how uh, Trump... Basically, someone was making Trump is dead meme with a... Oh, I uh, remember that meme, but... Uh, yeah, and like the... Uh, like the, res- the part of it was, here's the state of things. Trump died very badly, or something like that. <laughs> it was, And I'm like, I approve uh, of this. I approve of this shit post. This is how you're doing Twitter right. Anyway. Anyway. I'll have to quawait about. So no, give it to me in your give it to me in your full goofy voice. Oh no, I need to hear it. I need to hear it. Yep, need it. Give me a hiyuk at the end of that. <laughs>